Just one sec, guys. Here's the espresso I made for you. Wow, Lee, so excited to try out your espresso. Who's that? What's up? What are you guys doing? I was just making a nice espresso. Would you like... No, Lee. You'll all have to try Death Wish coffee. Kurt, isn't that the world's strongest coffee? Fuck yes, it is. Oh, man. It tastes great. Just explosion of flavor in my mouth. When I try Death Wish coffee, it feels like Jesus Christ himself washing down my throat. But, Kurt, this is a lot of coffee. You must have spent a ton of money on it. And not just American dollars, but Canadian money. Fuck, no, I didn't. I used coupon code 3 Greeners and I got 10% off. You can too! <sighs> In a world of lame, nerdy podcasts, one, no three, and maybe sometimes more nerds, will rise to the challenge. We hold these studios accountable. We celebrate the amazing feats of cinema. We sometimes rage out. We are the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Three Angry Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Ryan. How's it going, Ryan? I'm good. How are you, Kurt? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, it's a long weekend here in BC, so nice to get an extra day off this weekend. Yep. You have any plans for the long weekend? I'm just having a relaxing weekend, to be honest with you. Maybe watch a couple movies. Nice. That's about it, yeah. Yeah, well, that's not a bad way to spend a weekend. I've even done a little bit of that myself, caught up with some Blu-rays and stuff that I've been meaning to watch, so. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, Yeah, let's just write in this week. I think everyone else is uh, doing other things, but... Not a whole lot going on this week. I mean, there's a little bit of news, a little bit to review, but not a whole lot. But let's dive into it. Um, okay. Uh, well, bit of a sad news to start things off. Batman returns and Pee-wee's big adventure star, Paul Rubens, passes away at the age of 70. Uh, yeah, apparently he'd been battling cancer for a number of years, but kept it very quiet. Uh, but yeah. His uh, family, his estate, announced on his social media that, yeah, he had passed away. Quite uh, tragic. I think a lot of people really liked his, his stuff. Where, did you ever watch it, a lot of stuff with him in it? I actually didn't. I know was never a Pee-wee's Big Adventure guy, but um, I know a couple of my friends were, and they were pretty sad. Yeah. Like I, if you ever watched Pee-wee's uh, Big Adventure, I think it's the movie that, like, it's... It was, like, directed by Tim Burton, and it's just, like, a wild right. movie. Yeah, it's actually a lot of fun, but it's, it's right, definitely right. not a movie that most people would think of when they think of Tim Burton. But it's really good. Definitely would recommend. Yeah. I mean, he also was in a lot of other stuff, too. He did, uh, he was in Batman Returns, like we mentioned, too, so, yeah. Who did he play in Batman Returns? I want to say he was the Penguin's dad. Right. No, I think you're right, yeah. Yeah. Which is funny because I think the when they had that Gotham show, they brought him on to do the exact same role, but with different actors playing the Penguin. Because at that point, it wasn't Danny DeVito; it was uh, some other actors. Yeah, uh, in Gotham. So, yeah. So it's sad that he's passed, but uh, you know, good reason to go back and watch some of his stuff if you haven't already, or if you uh, have and maybe just want to revisit it. Uh, cool. Uh, well, the Fantastic Four rumor mill just keeps on turning, and I swear I'm getting just sick of this at this point. It's like, 
this person's gonna get the role. Oh no, they're not. Now this person's gonna get the role. I'm like, I think I've literally gone through so many casting rumors for this that at this point, like, I just I'm done with it. It's too much. Um, but for the sake of maybe one of these might be in the Fantastic Four movie. I don't know. Maybe we should talk about it. But I still, I'm like, this is a lot of maybes. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's rumored to be taking place in nineteen in the 1960s, so uh, a bit of a period piece. Although, I'm guessing that will do with time travel, because otherwise, how are they going to connect them with the Avengers and all that? So, probably some time travel, travel shenanigans, if that's the case. But uh, yeah, um, Jeff Snyder, who, uh, he's not the most reliable person when it comes to leaks and rumors and stuff, but he does get some things right on occasion. Uh, he did say that he heard that JQ was offered the role of Johnny Storm. And at first he thought it was Jack Quaid. And then Jack Quaid came out and said, no, I'm not in Fantastic Four. So then he's like, I think JQ means Joseph Quinn, who you probably know uh, from Stranger Things. He was in the latest season. Um, so I think that's where they're landing on. Of course, people are like, I think he's just covering his ass, which probably could be the case i don't know um but yeah uh yeah, i just feel i feel like this like fantastic four movie i've just heard a billion things about it but none of them are confirmed yeah uh apparently matt smith has been offered the role of reed richards although it is interesting because when uh his publicist was asked about it they said no comment which very interesting mm. because if you were, you know, not in it, if it wasn't true, you would probably just say, yeah, no, that's, that's not true. But the fact that he says no comment, I don't know, that gets, that's a little telling. Maybe he is in the running. Um, Matt Smith, not the greatest actor in my opinion. He's been in some good stuff. I think House of the Dragon really kind of revitalized, I think, public perception of him a little bit, but he's, He's been in some bad movies. He was in, like, a bad Terminator movie. Uh, he was famously in Morbius, so... Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, not not the hottest actor in the world, but I think that's maybe working in Marvel's favor, because I think he's... I think he's a good actor, but I think he just, yeah, hasn't chosen the right roles yet. Yeah, I, I think, like, based on his performance in House of the Dragon, I think him as Reed Richards could be interesting i think that would that that could be pretty cool yeah uh and then apparently adam driver may still be in the running but that's maybe maybe not i don't know at this point i'm just like just put out the fucking movie already. yeah yeah come on <laughs> come on i don't want to have to I, i'm done playing the waiting game i just want to find out who's in the movie and i think everyone is too i think a lot of people are just done at this point in terms of like who's who's going to be in the movie like let's just get the casting let's get this done let's start making this movie well i guess they can't make it for a while anyways but yeah uh and then another marvel piece of news apparently before the strike marvel was developing a project based off of a the daughters of liberty i i have to be honest i've never heard of this before but i in looking it up, it's, uh, yeah, 
a group that has made it their mission to protect freedom at all costs and protect humanity against its own excesses and powers. So. Um, I've never heard of that either. No. But there are some characters on this team that we do know are in the MCU. Uh, like Black Widow, uh, Echo, uh, Sharon Carter, so but even Agatha Harkness. So, they're, you know, uh, maybe, uh, I don't know uh, too much about this team, but looking at who's on the team, I'm like, I, I think you could make this work, potentially. But, yeah, we'll see. I Maybe someone listening here is like, I really care about that project, and I'm like, <laughs> cool. Uh, okay. And then uh, onto some DC stuff. Superman Legacy. There's some weird stuff going on with DC's um, Twitter account over the past week. So they kept posting this stuff being like, oh, if you want, want to get excited for Superman Legacy, read these comics that the movie is inspired by. And then they listed a ton of stuff that has Brainiac as the villain. And it was just way really? too... Yeah, like it was just way too consistent and uh, like that they kept mentioning all these different things that all had Brainiac as the villain and like we we don't know if Brainiac's in this movie there's been no like casting for it but at the same time it's just a little too eerie that like yeah they mentioned like three three stories that have Brainiac as the villain so now a lot of people are starting to speculate like oh is Brainiac going to be a villain in this? We know we have Lex Luthor, but like maybe Brainiac's involved as well. Um, I'd be fine with that. I like Brainiac. I think he's a good villain. Um, he hasn't been done before in live action, I don't think, either. So, Yeah, I was going to say, like, I'm not... I, I think that could be cool if they do it right. We haven't seen that before, so... I know there was that Superman movie with uh, Nicolas Cage that was going to have Brainiac as the uh, villain in that, but obviously that never came to fruition, so. Right. Yeah, that, that'd be cool. I wouldn't mind that at all. Yeah. So, we'll see uh, how that pans out. And then, uh, all these movies getting delayed. Apparently, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom is not one of them. It is expected to be released this December, as originally planned. So, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I I wonder if, at this point, DC's like, we're going to lose money on this regardless. And they're just like, just put it out. Like, just, what's the point of delaying it any further? Just put it out. If it fails at the box office, so be it. But it might not even fail that badly just because if there's not a whole lot coming out around that time and it decides to stay its ground, it actually might make more money than it otherwise probably would have, so... Maybe yeah, that's true. Yeah. Maybe also, some... the first Aqu- Aquaman did, like, all right, didn't it? Yeah. I, 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 I kind of, I wonder, I think the box office on, the, on this could go either way. Like, it does right. seem like general audiences are getting a little bit of DC fatigue with, like, The Flash and all that. Um, plus, like, you have the, the whole the stuff with, like, Amber Heard and all that. I, mm. I I just, I don't know, I, I do wonder if people are going to turn up for this movie, but I, like you said, we also did have the, um, yeah, the original Aquaman, I think it made, like, over a billion dollars, so, I don't yeah. know, 
it's it's hard to figure out how that movie's gonna do. I want it to do well, but I just I'm like, I have my reservations. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and then final bit of news: uh, Scream Seven is officially moving forward with Christopher Landon directing. Um, Christopher Landon, if you don't know, he did a bunch of uh, horror comedies. Uh, he did the Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day for you, to you. Uh, and he also did Freaky as well. So, uh, worth noting, those movies did not do very well at the box office. So, part of me is always a little surprised when Christopher Landon keeps getting work, just because as much as I love him to death, uh, mm-hmm. he's not exactly somebody that finds an audience. But, I mean, Scream is, at its core, horror comedy, and he's probably, in my opinion, the best horror comedy director out there right now. So... I think it's a good fit, but whether that translates to box office, I have I have some doubts, to be honest. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Have you watched any of his stuff, or have you watched any of the new Scream movies? I actually have not. It's just like a total, total blind spot for me. I haven't watched any of the Scream movies or any of uh, any of his stuff. Yeah, definitely. I would say. Uh, Happy Death Day is, is good. Happy Death Day to you is it just gets so wild. It gets right. into like this weird sci-fi concepts and stuff, but it's a lot of fun. Is it, is it also like a horror comedy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that's just a genre that I just have not gotten into at all. Yeah. Cool. Um, and then yeah. That's it for news. We'll just uh, take a quick break, and then we're going to... Oh, well. I'm going to review a couple things, and then uh, come back, and we brought back Movie Club. So we're going to talk about Christopher Nolan's following. So we'll, we'll be back in a bit and do that. Okay. Hey, Spark. Have you listened to the newest album by Smash Mouth? No, I haven't gotten my copy yet. Oh, man, it's the bomb. Oh, I heard they were going to use this for that new movie with Mike Myers, Shrek. It's okay. I mean, it's no walking on the sun, though. Ah, a ghost. I'm the ghost of What's streaming? You can magically play any song you want. It's pretty cool. In fact. Amazon Music offers a Amazon? Like the website that sells books? Yes! In fact, take a look! What's this? It looks like a remote control, but from the future. It's a device that you can stream on. In fact, why don't you go to http colon forward slash forward slash getamazonmusic.com forward slash creamreverts so you can try the service for free for one month. If you don't like it, you can unsubscribe at any time. Wow, there's a lot here. Yeah, there is. What's dubstep? All right, we're back. 
uh, yeah, this is going to be a short episode. But you know what? I, I, I used to not be okay with short episodes, but now with the whole, like, even with COVID and all that stuff, and now the strike, I'm like, there's just not enough. There's not a lot of stuff to cover these days. At a certain point, you just have to be like, yeah, this is really as good as it's going to get. So, uh, And speaking of it's as good as it gets is uh, Meg 2, The Trench, which, directed by friend of the podcast, Ben Wheatley. Shout out to Ben, who uh, we, I, last time I spoke with him, we talked about this movie, and he was telling me about it, and I was getting very excited. Um, and then, of course, I go and see the movie, and then I'm like, uh, ben, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Ben. I, you know, we're acquaintances. We know each other. I have to say, this movie did not live up to uh, expectations. Uh, so, yeah, it's basically a giant primordial shark versus Jason Statham. Uh, I would say, like the first half of this movie, I would say even probably the first set, like three quarters of this movie. Uh, there's a lot of just people talking, a lot of boring parts, nothing that exciting. Uh, the last like bit of this movie, last like few little, like I would say like last 20, 30 minutes, it just goes, it goes crazy. And uh, part of me thinks like how much of that, how much of that does that balance it out? Like if you're willing to put up with the first three quarters of a movie, that's not the most exciting, but it, you know you'll find the last last like 20 30 minutes really really exciting it might be worth it for you for me personally uh it just wasn't that much of an investment like i think the shark shows up for like a total of 15 minutes in this movie it's not a whole lot um but again when it does show up it it's pretty absurd and pretty crazy in the best way possible so um i'm sitting at like a six out of ten uh i i don't think if you're evaluating this as a man versus shark movie that it really did enough to justify it, but I don't know. Uh, some people may may find enough in there to enjoy, but personally, I would rather watch a different shark movie, the one that I think is a little more consistently entertaining than the Meg Two. So, again, are you a fan of? Oh, go ahead. Are you a fan of the first one? I, the first one. I did think the first one was okay. I didn't think it was like the most spectacular either, but I did think the first one was better than this one for, mm. for me at least. But yeah, both, both movies are probably not the strongest. Have mm. you seen the first movie? I've seen the first one. I've seen the second one and it's, it's, it's definitely entertaining. The first one. Yeah. Definitely uh, fun to watch. It maybe it's not the best movie, but yeah, yeah entertaining at least. And yeah, this movie was just, yeah, it just, it took way too long for me to start getting it entertaining. It just, yeah, it took a little too long. Um, okay, and then um, Netflix has a new show coming out called The Big Nailed It Baking Challenge. Uh, I was bored and there was not much else to review, so I just watched this for a review, so... Uh, don't know anything about any of these baking shows, but I l picked it up pretty quick. Uh, yeah, it's basically a baking challenge, and then the person w that wins wins $100,000, uh, which I was joking around. I'm like, in 2023, that's not a lot of money, but hey, you know <laughs> They're like, oh, to get you started on your baking journey, and I'm like, ah, that's, that's 
it's not a whole lot. But hey, you know what? Uh, let's go. They do it. Um, I'm not gonna obviously reveal who won or any of that stuff. But I will say I, I enjoyed this. It was uh, it was a fun little show. You could tell they definitely are trying to make it as entertaining as possible. Even when people lose, they would let people go in and like raid the pantry and take stuff home with them. And I'm like, these people lost. Like, just send them on their way. They're, they're supposed <laughs> to be like the sad walk away from the kitchen or whatever. But no, they were like, no, even though you lost, you still get to go grab stuff. And I'm like, this is just very much like they, every part of it was trying to be wholesome and entertaining. And I don't know. It's it's good. I, I don't think it's obviously the most super engaging content uh it's just a reality show about baking but i don't know i'd give it like a seven out of ten it wasn't the most engaging content in the world but i was entertained enough i don't know if i would watch another one of these shows again but yeah might be for you okay and then let's talk our movie club this week which is following by chris nolan christopher nolan uh ryan you i asked him like you want to choose a movie and you wrote, you chose this one so why did you choose following? Um, I chose. I'm a huge Christopher Nolan guy, and this was the only movie of his that I hadn't watched because I actually watched Oppenheimer this week. So I am totally a hundred percent on Christopher Nolan movies, and I thought um, it'd be kind of cool to watch his most recent one and compare it to his first one he ever did. Yeah. Uh, one thing I immediately noticed is, like, uh, Oppenheimer used a lot of, like, black and white and color to, like, illustrate different time periods, but they didn't, yep. he didn't do that in following. So it was a little more confusing to track, like, different time periods and, like, the, the timelines that they had going on in this. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense once you start to, like, analyze it a bit more, but, yeah, it's not as accessible uh, as, as it was in, like, Oppenheimer or other movies of his. Yeah, I thought it was... That's what I thought was just interesting, is he's such a, like... You watch a Christopher Nolan movie, you are, like, watching someone who has just, like, mastered the craft of filmmaking and mm -hmm. don't think you necessarily get that with following, which is, you know, like, understandable because it's one of the first ones he's ever made, but it's just cool to, like, see that, that Christopher Nolan where he's still rough around the edges a little bit. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I think that's kind of what, what makes it interesting. It's not like this this movie was good, and like obviously Christopher yeah. Nolan like knows what he's doing, but yeah. You can definitely see areas where he's kind of like honed his craft and learned things. Like I'm sure if you asked yeah. him, like he would even say like, yeah, uh, there were some lessons to be learned from that movie. So, Of course, of course. Yeah. I, I really liked it, though. I thought it was I thought it was still like a pretty like interesting movie to watch. It's mm -hmm. pretty short, too. Yeah, it's like which is an hour and ten yeah. minutes, something like that. Yeah, yeah, which is which is like great. I mean, if you can tell your story in that short amount of time, like do it. And that you know, I, especially after watching Oppenheimer, which was three hours long, oh my gosh. I was like, this is, yeah. <laughs> but it was it was it was cool. I I really liked it, especially you know I I watched Oppenheimer like a day or two before, so um I I, I thought it was. I, uh, an interesting watch. I, I I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, following following was good. It, it did kind of follow a rel relatively simple plot. I mean, yeah. 
basically this guy follows people around and then somebody kind of comes to him with a bit more I don't know I guess like urgency or something like kind of like something to kind of take his his obsession with following people and kind of turn it into something else and yeah it just kind of right. evolves from there but um yeah I I liked it I did think that uh in the grand scheme of things yeah it's very simple in the plot department compared mm -hmm. to a lot of other Nolan stuff but you can see where he kind of throws in a little bit of complexity like a few twists and turns like there was a point where he coughs up a glove and you're like why but then <laughs> the movie they're like this is why so just stuff like that just kind of like you know even though he was working with a relatively simple story and plot he still kind of found ways to you know make it complex make it more interesting so I yeah know no I, yeah yeah I, I agree it's, it's definitely simpler than Nolan films to come after it, but it just, um, I think as part of like the Christopher Nolan mythos, it's, it's a cool addition. It's also like, if you read about how it was made, like Christopher Nolan was just working like a day job and he was, he was paying for the, the film they were using to film it on with his like salary that he was making on the side. Like, it's just, it's cool. Cause you, you can just tell how, how passionate he was just even back then. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what would you give this movie a score of? Um, I'd give it a seven and a half. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Oh, gosh. What would I give this? I don't know. Probably like, yeah, probably like a seven out of ten. It's, yeah, it's still pretty good, but definitely a, a far cry from where he eventually got to. And you can tell too, like even though his movies kind of have a lot of similarities to this, you can see where the budget he would eventually get, like started to kind of go towards bigger and better stuff. But like still it's like the core of his movies are relatively the same. It's just, you can see where he's kind of beefed it up in a few areas, which I think is good. Like, it's not like he goes, yeah. he's never been the kind of director to be like, Oh, I've got this big budget. Let's throw in a ton of the CGI. Like he still uses the same kind of, uh, techniques and effects and all that kind of stuff. It's just, yeah, he's got a bigger budget to do stuff like that. Like, even by the time he gets to Oppenheimer, and he's using, like, a miniature to basically capture explosions and stuff. Like, he still has those techniques. It's just, yeah, a little slightly different, so. Right, right. Cool. Uh, well, we'll do another movie club next week. I don't know. I'm going to look at my Blu-ray collection and see what's worth checking out on there, but so no definitive answer yet as to what we'll watch but we'll see uh cool well until the next time everybody bye for now